The bombs continue to get dropped in Israel. Hamas continues this attack against the Israeli people. This starts, as we heard uh, from uh, the Council General to the Midwest of Israel, Aviv Ezra, with Hamas unhappy that it isn't able to have even more control over the Palestinian people. And thus rocks thrown at the Temple Mount leading to fighting and leading to bloodshed. The Israeli Defense Forces have responded with force, taking down buildings, taking out one apparatus after another, and you get the feeling that this is different. You get the feeling that this has a, a, well, not a short-term game, but rather a long-term game to it possibly because the rockets that have been fired out of Hamas, out of Gaza, into Israel, have gone the breadth of the country. Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, other areas have been hit. People are actually living now in bomb shelters. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Let me bring in Senator Todd Young of Indiana. Young.senate.gov is where you go. He sits on the U.S. Senate Committee on Foreign Relations. And I know that uh, following these things, as you have, for example, dealing with Iran and and, and Yemen, the Houthi rebels, the, the, the proxy war being fought there, one, one of your... One of your Strong points, if, if you will. Uh, what is the latest on what have you have heard out of out of Israel? And as, as a follow up, do you see this as different than other what we'll call, for lack of a better word, skirmishes? Thanks for having me on, Tony. Um, so, look, I think you've done a really good job with your lead in. Uh, once again. Israel is uh, under assault. Uh, they're under assault uh, by terrorist forces, in this case Hamas, uh, which is indeed a Palestinian terror group funded by the leading state sponsor of international terror, which we know to be Iran. Uh, we've seen more than 1,000 rockets fired into Israel, and, and as you indicated, uh, all throughout the country. So there's really no safe haven. Israel's been here before. Uh, you know, they've, they've been here uh, in multiple wars, all, often feeling quite lonely. And it's really important that uh, they feel as though the United States has their back. We are, at times, their singular ally, their only real ally. And uh, it, it's uh, very important because I've been speaking to their leaders, members of my office have been speaking to their leadership uh, about the importance of, of standing shoulder to shoulder with Israel, ensuring that they have all the means uh, that they need at their disposal to defend themselves. It was only eight months ago, it's hard to believe, it was only eight months ago that we had an unprecedented peace breaking out uh, across the Middle East, and this was under President Trump's leadership. The regime in Iran was on, on the brink of, of financial collapse. Resources were drying up for them to export this terrorist activity to places like Israel. and. You actually had Arab countries for the first time, uh, United Arab Emirates and Bahrain, uh, who signed up for the historic Abraham Accords, indicating that they were prepared to partner with the United States and ushering in this new era of peace with Israel and, and, and to grow it. Uh, 
across the Middle East. So, you know, fast forward eight months, and here we are. Israel is, is under assault, and we're seeing just how quickly things can unravel in that part of the world. Now, let's discuss the Abraham Accords for a second, because I think people have a, a misconception of what makes these so valuable. And I'd love to get your thoughts on it, talking to Senator Todd Young of Indiana. The Abraham Accords reset an idea in the Middle East that you have to solve the quote-unquote Palestinian question. And what are you going to do about the Palestinians? You need a Palestinian homeland before you... You can have some kind of normalized relations with Israel. This changed the game and said we can have normalized relations because we need normalized relations, and then we can work on other things. That's always the way I have taken it. You agree? You disagree? And and that that process certainly looked like a success, or it was on a track to success. No, I I think you're absolutely right, Tony. Uh, They. the Arab leaders, the leaders across the Middle East, uh, had for years distracted from their own internal challenges, uh, whether it was, you know, internal uh, battles for power or, or, or to maintain power uh, or economic challenges, failure to develop their economies as uh, Europeans and, and, and Americans and the Japanese and others group prosperous. So in order to distract from their own deficiencies of leadership, uh, from uh, their, their own challenges, uh, they would turn the Israelis, the Jews, uh, into the problem. They would distract from the domestic challenges they, they faced. And, and, and they consistently said that it was Israel that was oppressing the Palestinians. And once that situation was resolved, this, this sore this cancer, they would, they would effectively say, uh, that is Israel, um, you know, would, would be uh, erased from their midst and, and um, you know, people's lives would be significantly improved. Well, these, these very same leaders never, they didn't send aid to the Palestinians or, or certainly no significant aid. That was Israel that actually took care of the Palestinians and the United States in, in, in large measure. So what, what the Abraham Accords proved was essentially what you said, was that let's set aside the, the challenging Palestinian question over whose land this is and, and, and uh, so forth, recognizing that uh, the state of Israel exists and will continue to exist, uh, that uh, Palestinians uh, need a place to live, and they need, you know, they need life opportunities and safety and security like everyone uh, else. Uh, but, but let's see where we can find agreement. And, and there were some bold leaders. Uh, You've got to commend the leaders of the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain and then later you know, uh, Sudan and, and, and Morocco. And, and they decided to establish economic and diplomatic relationships with the state of Israel because they regarded it in their best interest and, frankly, consistent with their own values uh, rather than the terroristic values of, of say, in Iran. And then they could all collectively partner together. One sort of could take this a step further to combat Iran and its uh, its malign influence across the region. Let's so, talk. I mean, this was an incredibly um, a bold geopolitical move catalyzed by the Trump administration, and um, it's still there. 
but you see what happens when you, when you don't have bold leadership, American leadership, uh, as it relates to Israel and the Middle East. Talking to Senator Todd Young of Indiana, let's talk values. Because yesterday there was a rally to free Palestine. And speaking there was Representative Rashida Tlaib out of Michigan and Representative Andre Carson out of Indianapolis, Indiana. And they talked about how what's happening to the Palestinians is just like what's happening to black and brown people at the hands of cops all across America. And that if you're black in America, it's your fight. And if you're white in America, it's your fight. And if you're this and if you're that, and if you're the other, it's it's your fight. Is in the in this world, a Biden administration world, are the values of America still to see Israel as an ally worth defending? Of course, we need to double down on our defense uh, of of. Israel, our alignment with Israel, our encouragement of, of uh, the democratic values that are, are perpetuated uh, and uh, promulgated by Israel, by the innovative uh, economic culture they've cultivated, which would benefit others across the Middle East. We don't just need Israel to continue to exist. Imagine if we had, so to speak, several Israels several vibrant democracies, capitalist economies, pluralistic countries where Arabs and, 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 and Jews and Muslims and, and, and have, have lived, coexisted peacefully side by side. Uh, if you had that across the Middle East, then uh, that region would be far less dangerous, far more stable. And, uh, and, and, frankly, less of a, a geopolitical and national security challenge for the United States. So, um, you know, the, the fact that the rally you referenced by some of our Congress people, uh, uh, you know, the fact that that occurred during National Police Week and there was uh, they were equating an oppression of one people by another to our own police forces, that does trouble me uh, enormously. I want to take this opportunity, Tony, if you'll indulge me, to thank our brave men and women in uniform for their service. Those who've served, for example, in in the Indianapolis market, uh, where I I know you um, live and uh, you have many listeners. You know, our Hoosier officers work every day to keep our, our community safe throughout Indiana. Officers do across the country. Of course there are a couple of bad apples. And no one dislikes a bad cop more than a good cop. And the good cops outnum- outnumber the bad cops 10,000 to 1. So, look, we have to focus on what we can do to protect public safety and support our law enforcement and then foster trust in our communities. And to the extent we undermine that through demagogic rhetoric and unfair cheap shots, um, you know, that's, uh, I think that's really unfortunate. 
Well, I still have a couple minutes left talking to Senator Todd Young of Indiana. You also sit on the U.S. Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation, and one of the things that you are involved in is the regulation of, uh, of interstate uh, common carriers, including pipelines. We've seen what's happened with the Colonial Pipeline, uh, the attack uh, f- that came out of Russia, if not from the Russians, which I say is a distinction without a difference, uh, and now it coming back online, President Biden speaking earlier uh, today uh, about this. How concerning is this ransomware attack by this Russian outfit and exactly what needs to be done to limit this to the best of our ability? So, I mean, this is incredibly serious. Uh, we need to let Vladimir Putin know that, uh, and you're probably right, uh, there's, it's probably a distinction without a difference, but to the extent uh, there was any nexus between his leadership of, of Russia on one hand and the enablement of Russian actors within his country to shut down uh, a critical asset in this country, uh, uh, there, there will be very significant consequences. And I think we keep him guessing, Tony, as to the time and place and, and manner in which we will respond. Uh, there are many different ways. There are kinetic ways. There are information warfare uh, mechanisms, psychological warfare. There, there, there are cyber attacks of our own uh, that uh, we could bring to bear against uh, the Russians, to say nothing of the economic measures we, we've already uh, taken against them in recent years. But, look, we're going to have to get better at this. We're going to have to get better at hardening our own critical assets so that uh, our power grids, our water treatment plants, uh, our fresh water supplies, uh, our airports, our, our um, air traffic control systems, and on and on and on aren't disrupted by foreign actors like Russia, Iran, North Korea, and communist China. And uh, we still have some work to do. Part of this, the answer comes down to research and development into cutting-edge uh, cyber-hardening uh, technologies. Uh, some of those research activities will occur in our, our major universities uh, and others through our national laboratories. I just ushered through the Center Commerce Committee piece of legislation I've been working on for about 18 months, the Endless Frontier Act, that would work with our trusted allies to pool our resources to come up with these uh, resiliency technologies and so that we can avoid these sorts of attacks in the future. The Colts just came out with their schedule. You like it? I do. You know, it was texted to me, Tony, earlier today. And um, let me pull it up right now. You got the Seahawks, you got the Rams, and then they travel to Tennessee, the Dolphins, and the Ravens. This is all the first five games. This is not fun. Yeah. You know, know, why not just um, be bold or go home? So um, why don't we just win the first five? Why don't we just put it to rest? Let's just go win the first five and shock and awe the country and have an electric start to our next football season. Be bold or go home to Senator Todd Young. He'll also play left tackle in case Eric Fisher doesn't work out. (laughs) Senator Todd Young, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us, sir. Much more to get to. I'm Tony Katz.